Hey, this is Sam Hells, presenter and producer of the Profile Podcast. Over the next few weeks, we're bringing you these bonus episodes where my colleague Andy Peck chats to the best and brightest experts on Christian leadership. Andy has spent 17 years conducting these brilliant conversations. We're bringing you the very best of them in these special midweek editions of the Profile Podcast. Andy Peck, over to you. It's my joy to welcome you to another show talking to Christians in leadership or experts in leadership themes. It was John Maxwell who said that leadership is influence, nothing more, nothing less. And although there are many other very fine definitions of leadership, you will know that on this show, we like to value the influence we all have, regardless of whether we have a leadership title or not. Influence comes in many forms, of course. And this week, I'm joined by a woman who is very aware of the way in which her work influences hundreds of thousands through the medium of television and film. Her name is Gemma Hunt, and many would know and recognise her as a children's show presenter on CBBS, and as the co-presenter on films produced for the Alpha Course. She's now expanding her ministry with her first book, A Good Friend, which focuses on how children can follow the good examples of adults around them to love just like Jesus did. As a mixed-race woman, she also has a lot to say about the importance of race representation in leadership for children. So welcome, Gemma, to The Leadership Show. Hello, it's nice to see you. How are you doing? We're doing well, very well, thank you. Um, now, to start at the kind of beginning, uh, well, not quite the beginning, I understand a prophetic word was behind your call to be a TV presenter, Gemma. Yeah, I had a prophetic word spoken over me when I was 16, and this was when I was at Soul Survivor, and it was that I would be salt and light in the dark, godless place of the media. And at the time, I didn't really know what that looked like. I was 16, I was living at home, I hadn't fully finished my education, so I thought, well, what would I like to do? Where's my heart? And I've always really loved entertaining children. I have a younger sister who's nine years younger than me. And when my mum was a single mum and she raised us both. And so I had quite a responsibility to help sort of look after her. And so I thought, right, well, if I can get into kids telly, then I could hopefully be a good role model for her and her peers. So I went off to university, did a media performance degree in Luton. And whilst I was there, I became the president of the Christian Union, and uh, which was a, was a really fun and interesting time. Um, and at that time, I thought, right, okay, well, maybe getting into kids' TV would be where God wants me. And it wasn't until my third year that an agent came in to give a lecture on how to put together a showreel. And the showreel is just clips of you doing stuff on TV. And I had some stuff myself on VHS. <laughs> those were the days, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that I, that I showed to her. And she said, well, it's not brilliant, but it's something. So a friend of mine helped me cut it from reel to reel in real time um, in an edit suite. And we sent it off to her. She then sent it to the BBC. They had a look and they weren't terribly impressed, but they said, well, it's something. But maybe we need to meet Gemma. And thankfully, the lady from the agency who, who became and is still my agent, she... Um, put a good word in for me with somebody that she knew at the BBC and arranged a meeting. So I went for a meeting and on Independence Day 2003, I auditioned for CBBC where I got to look out over the Blue Peter Garden at Television Centre and had a great time. And as part of that, I had to talk for a minute about myself. So I shared a little bit about my faith and how I came to faith on a church summer camp when I was younger. Um, so I just wanted to honour God from the get-go, really, with my career. And so then 
now we're looking at what 18 19 years later <laughs> and I've been working in kids tv ever since and absolutely love the opportunity that's given me and had so much fun Oh, it's a fabulous story. Um, now, uh, Gemma, is, has the media been as dark as the prophetic word had suggested, looking back? Yeah, I guess it has its places, it has its times, it has its moments. And I guess darkness looks very different to lots of people. Sometimes it's pitch black, sometimes it's a bit grey. Um, so there have been times when it has been tricky to navigate things that perhaps conflict with my faith. Um, so times when I've had to work on Halloween, for instance, and have been asked to dress up like a witch or something like that. And when I really had to check my heart and just say, okay, Lord, you know my heart, you know my intentions, you know that I'm here to, to shine your light and to entertain. So it doesn't matter what I'm wearing because you're still going to shine through that. And so then on Halloween, I did have a, like a witch's hat on and I did present live on TV. And, but the joy of the Lord will come through that because light overshadows all the darkness. And so, it's, yeah, I, I did mind kind of those sort of moments. But then I've also had some dark moments whilst in my career in the media. And it's been my faith that has kept me going through that. Times when I've made some very bad decisions, times when I have let God down, times when I've disappointed myself in my faith and haven't been a good role model as a Christian. And yet God is faithful, God is kind, and God has been very gracious to me in those moments and helped me to get through them. So yeah, there have been dark times for me and there are dark times overall, but Jesus is the light of the world. And so having him in my heart has helped to shine that through. Oh, well, bless, bless you for your honesty, uh, Gemma. Um, now, I imagine being a Christian influence in the media world has many nuances to it. Um, at one level, I guess your job is to just do your job well as a Christian, irrespective of whether you can say very much. Yeah, absolutely. And I think we all want to do our jobs well. And I, for me, I see it as an act of worship. And so I want to do well because this is the way that I'm worshipping God and thanking him for giving me the skills, the gifts, the talents to be there in the first place and also to represent him. That's what a Christian is, a little, little Jesus. And I want to be a little Jesus where I am. Well, would that everyone saw, saw things the way you do, uh, Gemma, in terms of uh, representing Jesus. But, I mean, do you feel a particular pressure uh, as you go into the media world, yeah, thinking I'm a Christian, I've got to do the right thing and say the right thing. Is that weigh heavily on you? It doesn't weigh heavily. I guess it's just something that I'm aware of. Um, but I'm only human and I make mistakes. And I'm the first one to put my hands up and say, say I've messed up there. <laughs> Which I'm not, I'm not particularly good at it because I'm such a perfectionist. And I like to think that I think things through and everything I do is quite measured and I, and I thought about it. But I'm definitely I'm, I'm one to say that wasn't, that was out of order I shouldn't have said that or acted that way I apologize and I, I found myself in conversations with people where I've said things that they've been challenged and I think actually do you know what yeah maybe that wasn't fair that wasn't loving and I'm sorry and then we talk about it but generally people do know about my faith and they're happy to talk about it they're happy not to talk about it um, and I suppose that for any of us as a Christian in any workplace it's just it's who we are and I think sometimes it's not necessarily what we say, it's, it's what we don't say sometimes and how we act that makes us stand out and look different to other people. It's just being in the world, but not of the world. Sure. And Gemma, have you had role models that you've admired, have informed your work at all? Yeah, I guess there's um, a few people that have gone through kids' TV, especially that I've really looked up to, and that would be Diane Louise Jordan, who another black female presenter who sure. worked in TV. 
um, who was very open about her faith. And we had a few conversations early on in my career, and that was really helpful to chat to her. And also Simon Thomas, also from Blue Peter, came through and again, very open about his faith. And, and I think that some people who are Christians don't like to talk about it publicly. And there are, I think, quite a few people. And yet there are others that are happy to discuss it. And so seeing people like Darren Louise and people like Simon and even now Sean Fletcher, um, I love the fact that there are Christians that are very open about their faith. And, and I think that the more of us that are, hopefully will give courage to people that aren't. My boys were a bit too old for the CBB, so I wasn't aware of you until uh, Alpha, actually, bef just before COVID. And we took a group through Alpha, and it was so lovely to meet you, having enjoyed you on Alpha. Um, are your colleagues aware of uh, your co-presenting of Alpha? Does that mean anything to them, or do you have to explain it all? Um, sometimes it comes up, or they'll ask what I've been doing, because we filmed that back in 2015. So I was off around the world filming for Alpha then. And so different jobs after that, people would ask what you've been up to. And I'd explain about going on this great journey where we're exploring, exploring the, the meaning of life from a Christian perspective and looking at some of life's big questions and seeing whether we can tackle them together and, and, and in good conversations. And, and sometimes people are interested and they want to find out more. Other times people are just kind of asking to be polite, what they're up to. <laughs> But um, yeah, I think it's great. It's, it's a great resource, Alpha. And I know that it's been a, an incredible life-changing resource for so many people to be able to go on a journey of faith. And so in a way, it's kind of, it's easy for me to, to point friends and colleagues to if they've got any questions. Sure, no, a number of people, I was overseeing the group and uh, a number of people came to faith or re-established their faith. So uh, that, was, that was terrific. So um, Gemma, moving on to your book, A Good Friend, it looks amazing. Uh, I credit, of course, to Charlotte Cook, the, the illustrator. Uh, and I'm only sad my teenage boys are too old for me to read it to them. So how did it come about? Well, I don't think you're ever too old to have a book read to you. Well, so okay, you fair enough. Sit down with your teenage <laughs> boys and read it to them. I think they'd get something from it. Okay, <laughs> it might remind enough. them of it. And I think you'll probably enjoy sitting down with them and reading to them as well. Um, well, the book all came about um, a few years ago. I was approached by a publisher and we just talked about some book ideas. And I was throwing about some ideas and I wasn't really sure. And then I became a mum. And your world just changes when you look at it from a parent's perspective. I have so much respect and adoration for my parents that I didn't have before <laughs> now that I'm a mum. And there were things that were happening in bringing up our daughter that I just thought, gosh, this is, this is new information. This is new territory. How am I going to deal with this? What am I going to do? And, and my faith has been so crucial and just grounding me in those moments where I didn't know what to do. And I guess for me, working in CBeebies especially, we always have it reminded to us about imitative behaviour and how children copy what we do, what we say, how we act, and how important it is that we are good role models. And so having wanted to be a good role model in the industry initially, I think then now having a daughter, I want for her to have good role models as well. And it can't just be me. She needs to look outside the family to other people. But as a Christian family, our favourite role model is Jesus. And so to imitate Jesus is to share his love, his kindness, his compassion for people and, and to have his integrity in our day-to-day -day lives. And so... I was thinking about this and the book idea kind of bubbling away in the back of my head. And then there was one day when our daughter was probably about three, um, so she's five now, and she was, I guess, 
you're trying to teach children to share. So she's been having play dates with friends and they're trying to share toys and they're trying to share sweets. And it's just a really hard concept, isn't it, for children to grasp. And I was sent a birthday present in the post and it was a lovely dress from a friend of mine in New Zealand. And I got this dress out and it's gorgeous, but I didn't have anywhere to wear it to straight away. So I hung it up in the wardrobe. Later that evening, a friend, a different friend popped over and said, oh, I'm going to a party tomorrow. I don't know what I'm going to wear. And I said, I've got the most amazing dress. Why don't you borrow it? So she went upstairs, she tried it on, she came down. And my daughter saw my friend in this dress and said, no, that's my mummy's dress. <laughs> oh, I looked at her and I said, but mummy wants to share her dress with her friend. And it was like a light bulb moment for my daughter that just saw me sharing my things with a friend. And then she realized what it meant when I now asked her to share things with her friends. And so the power then of imitation. And so I wanted to tie in all of these stories then with biblical stories, with parables, with stories about Jesus and how children can then imitate an adult who is reflecting Jesus' behavior. And so each of the stories in the book is told from either the perspective of our son or our daughter. Now, we only have a daughter in real life, but in the book, we've adopted a son. So that's another diversity to our family in terms of race and family setup. So how we're hoping that it's going to appeal to a wider audience. So the, um, the stories are told from either the daughter or the son's perspective and how in the story, they then learn something to do with sharing or kindness or love or selflessness or helpfulness by seeing an adult demonstrating a Jesus behavior through the different parables that are being retold in a modern context. No, when I say it's, it's, it's fabulous, I don't know if you've timed how long it takes to read. Um, well, each story is 200 words and there's five stories in the book. Okay. Um, and so I read through it myself this morning, probably about 10 minutes, but that was yeah. just me reading it, not reading it out loud. And also how we've made um, the, the text on the page that we've, we've highlighted and we've put bold um, words and areas because we want to help adult readers to really emphasise the story and bring them alive when they're reading them to the children or make it more visually exciting for a child that's reading it for themselves. And I'd, I'd read that um, one of your concerns, of course, was to portray uh, mixed race uh, people within the book. And, uh, you know, you have an influence as a mixed race presenter. I'm, I'm sad to hear that the life in the UK is still not easy for those with black or brown skin. How do you feel you can contribute things to things, uh, given the, the sad state of things in some people's minds and hearts? I think that... This will hopefully just be a true representation of all the different families and the different dynamics and setups and configurations of families that are in society. And so many of us are mixed race just because the colour of my skin might show that. But I think that lots of us have got different heritage from other different other races. And, and that's the case of the Bible, too. You've got in Jesus' time, there was a right hodgepodge of people all together all the time. <laughs> and so they would have all been into marrying and having relationships with each other and that's no different to today so i think it's it's a good thing that we're finally having more children's literature which is showing what we're seeing in our lives now because growing up for me i didn't have that at all and i think that even now as an adult i'm having to retrain my mind to think about how i visualize jesus 
because just so many of the books that I read growing up, Jesus was white. Yes, white and blonde. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> blue eyes. And like, that isn't how he would have looked considering where he came from. <laughs> Indeed, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, sure. And, and, and Gemma, are you weary of this conversation or are you, do you welcome the chance to, to air it and talk about it? I mean, here I am bringing it up, um, but uh, because it's so important and key, but it, nevertheless, it must be perhaps frustrating as well. It's not awkward for me. I think this is my experience and nobody can challenge my experience of life and how I've lived as a mixed race woman on earth. And there have been times maybe when I've had to question somebody's attitude or behavior towards me, but that's probably more recently than in my youth and growing up because I just think that for me, I was just living my life. And I was thinking this morning about a time when I was at secondary school and we were just washing up after a design technology cookery class. And I don't know how the conversation came up, but there was a girl washing up alongside me. And I don't know what we were talking about, but she was a white girl. And I just said to her, do you see me as being black? And she just looked at me and was like, I just see you as being Gemma. And that stuck with me forever. But, well, who, who am I then to kind of make myself feel like I'm different because I might look different to everybody else? And who are they to, to see me differently than who I am? So that was a real challenge for me to just think, yeah, I don't want to get caught, too caught up in something that's difficult for me to explain and understand as a young person. But only, like I said, recently, have perhaps I started to think about things and, and relive things. So yeah, it has been difficult for me. There have been a lot of things that I've thought about that I hadn't processed perhaps before. And I've had to rethink about a few things that I think and believe. And even for me, I'm having to relearn the right, the appropriate language and um, attitudes and behaviours. And so I think everybody we're we're all learning and if we are teachable then things will change Uh, and so you don't you don't feel the sense of needing to campaign in any sense on behalf of mixed race people you feel you know you haven't been held back particularly in your career i think that me just being myself hopefully is 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 saying enough yes (laughs) I don't feel like I need to say anything particularly at the moment. I'm not saying that won't ever change, but through my own personal experience, I'm happy to talk from. And, and I know that lots of people have had very traumatic and horrific things that have been said and done to them. And, and that makes me sad. That makes me feel really sad. And that is probably why I've also protected myself and my family up until now so this is my public way of of sharing about my being a mother whereas I haven't done that before and how there is complete diversity in the home that I live in with my husband and my daughter we all have completely different skin colors yet we are all related and but that's our family and that's who we are and then if anybody's got anything to say against that then that's more their issue than it is mine sure Okay. Uh, and do you see this book as the first of many? Uh, have you got others in your head that you're looking forward to chat- chatting with your illustrator about? Or? 
definitely. Well, she's already illustrating book number two. Is ah, there you go. <laughs> Fabulous. Okay. So, yeah, the C Let's Be series is we've got, there's a couple in mind. Um, so this first one, A Good Friend, is, is coming out now. And then we've got another one, hopefully, that will be out next year. And then I've got loads of ideas for a third. And then there's other ideas as well that I have for other children's books that are looking at things to do with self-worth and body image. And again, looking at the diversity in hair, um, because this has been something that has been an issue for me growing up as a mixed race girl in, in England, um, not necessarily having the right products around or the right people to help me look after my hair. So there's lots of things that I've got ideas about that I'd love to um, collaborate with Charlie, the illustrator, on and, and others to, to help to put it out there. Oh, that's, that's fabulous. And um, in terms of the, the age group for this book, um, who, who, who's it ideally aimed at? Well, the thing is with books, it's like we said before with, with your sons, it doesn't matter mm. what age you are. I think that if you're in the right frame of mind, you can sit down and get something from any book. Okay. So I picked up a Mr. Man book the other day and was reading that with my daughter and absolutely loved it. She absolutely loved it. And yet I can pick up a, a picture book that, where, that I to read to her when she was a baby like the cardboard books that have just one or two words in and they're brilliant or we could pick up a Julia Donaldson or a Roald Dahl book and we can just love reading that together so I think that it's the sort of thing that you could read to a toddler you can sit with them and read it at bedtime or an older child who's uh, primary age or um, a junior age could read it so I think anything from two-year-olds to seven-year-olds to Maybe even some 11, 12-year-olds might enjoy it too. But I think that it would be a lovely family book to read. And if you are the, the family that will cuddle up and read a book of an evening or sit down a rainy day and flip through some books together on the floor, then this is something that you can definitely enjoy together. Uh, one of the obvious questions at the end of a conversation with a TV presenter is any, any particular plans you've got that you can share with us going forward? Um, there are some that I can share. Okay. And there are some that I Hard, no, fair enough. I, okay. I will tell you something kind of about it. <laughs> okay, sure. Okay. So I'm doing panto. It's Christmas. I will be in Croydon and I am putting my skates back on as Tinkerbell in well. a Peter Pan story. So that will be really fun. I'm working alongside some fabulous performers as well. Um, so that's happening in Croydon this Christmas. And then there is an epic production that I'm working on with CBBs. I can't say what it is, but it's going to be phenomenal in an incredible venue with some awesome performers and it will be televised and I am so thrilled to be a part of it. Well, you've whetted our appetite. Well, Gemma, thank you so much for uh, all you shared and for for this book and for uh, the the way in which you represent Christ so well in, in, in your work. So thank you. Oh, no, thank you. And I really hope that this is a great book where people feel that they are also able to give back to others that perhaps don't have a faith yet or are on a journey. This is a great one that I'm thinking is going to be for the present draw. So when you've got presents that you need to buy for young children and young families, this is something you can whip out and wrap up and it'll be a good affordable gift to give to somebody for a birthday or Christmas. That's what's a wonderful bit of... Uh... Bit of promo. Thank you very much. Okay, bless you. <laughs> Thank you. That was my conversation with Gemma Hunt, the author of A Good Friend. It's Gemma with a G, Hunt, and it's published by SPCK. 
It was William Ross Wallace in 1865 who wrote the poem, The Hand That Rocks the Cradle Rules the World. The poem was, of course, a celebration of motherhood, a reminder of the influence that mothers can have, such as Gemma, as she seeks to unashamedly talk to her children about Jesus as they grow up. And so don't ever underestimate your influence as a mom or as a dad, as a carer, as a grandparent, as you seek to instill some of the values that Jesus taught into your children. You're gathered that Gemma is keen, of course, to be an influence as a Christian uh, on TV. And you may not have hundreds of thousands of people watch what you do as a Christian. But you can use your influence wisely in your circles. It was Edwin Burke who, in a quote attributed to him, certainly said, all that is needed for the triumph of evil is that good men do nothing. That was a patriarchal age, of course, so we would probably update that. All that is needed for the triumph of evil is that good men and women do nothing. We don't use our influence to be important or as an ego trip, but we follow one who came to change the world and needs us to be his agents in his name, seeking to share his love and goodness wherever we are and wherever evil, sadly, so often reigns. Thank you, Andy, for bringing us that great interview this week on the Profile Podcast. This show is brought to you by the UK's leading Christian magazine, Premier Christianity. If you enjoyed this episode, you are sure to love the magazine, which features news, analysis, opinion on all that God is doing in the UK church and beyond. Check out brand new articles published every day on the biggest issues facing the church and the world at premierchristianity.com. We'll be back on Friday with another in-depth conversation with a leading Christian right here on The Profile Podcast. Join us then. You've been listening to The Profile in association with Premier Christianity magazine.